Are you facing a situation that seems impossible or even dead right now? Perhaps it's your marriage, a wayward or a strange child, or even a dream that you had. Maybe it seems like you'll never find the right person to marry or conceive children or heal from a disease or a terminal diagnosis. Maybe it's an addiction or even a business idea that is never taken off and you're facing bankruptcy. Despair is a feeling of utter hopelessness and deep sorrow that arises when we face extremely difficult or painful circumstances that seem impossible to overcome. And it's a state of emotional and spiritual emptiness where one feels overwhelmed, defeated, and without any sense of purpose or direction. And despair can be caused by a wide range of factors, such as I mentioned before. And it can lead to depression, anxiety, or other mental health issues if left unaddressed. Today's episode I've entitled, Rising from the Ashes, Discovering God's Resurrection Power in the Midst of Despair. And we're going to explore how you can rise from the ashes of our despair and experience God's resurrection power. And I'm going to share a personal story of my own and discuss three key points to help you overcome despair and discover hope in difficult times. Because with God, nothing is impossible for those who believe. Welcome to Created to Thrive. I'm your host, Lori Snyder. If you desire a deeper connection with God, want to know your value and purpose, then you, my friend, are in the right place. I will teach God's word in a simple and practical way to equip and empower you to become who he created you to be because you were created to thrive. to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Life can be unpredictable, and at times, we can find ourselves in situations that seem like they're beyond repair, whether it's a breakdown of a relationship, financial struggles, or health issues, despair can quickly set in, and we can begin to feel like all hope is lost. And in these moments, it can be difficult to see a way out or to believe that things can actually change for the better. As Christians, we have access to a powerful source of hope and strength that can enable us to rise from the ashes of despair and experience God's resurrection power. And it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead and overcame death. And it's not limited to the physical resurrection of Jesus, but it's available to us, his believers, today. And it's the power to bring life where there once was death, hope where there once was despair, and joy where there once was sorrow. 
And it's the power that enables us to rise from the ashes of our brokenness and experience the fullness of life that God has for us. Friend, whatever you're facing right now that seems impossible to recover from, I want to encourage you that Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life. Nothing is impossible for those who believe and put their trust in him. And so that's what I want to help you with today, because exactly 17 years ago, it looked like my marriage was over. We had filed for divorce uh, five months previous uh, to that time, and we were just a few weeks away from going to court and having it finalized. But then God, that's, you know, two of the words, my favorite words in the Bible are, but God, because When we put our faith and trust in him, and that's what I'm going to be sharing about today, how he can take the impossible and make it possible. He resurrected our dead marriage, and we did not get divorced. And you can learn more about our story in episode number 12 that's titled, When All Hope Seems Lost. And then also I share that in episode 72, more about that and the grieving process of um, navigating grief, three keys to moving forward after loss. And I give some uh, practical helps because I'm a practical person. And so I want to help you take God's word and apply it to your life and speak forth his truth versus what your circumstances are trying to tell you or trying to dictate or trying to boss you and say, this is what your reality is. No, there's a greater reality and it's in him because he is the resurrection and the life. So go listen to those podcast episodes when this is completed to learn more about our story, because if he'll do it for us, he'll do it for anyone else. But it does take time. It takes intentional heart work and um, trusting God. So let's get into those three tips right now, or those three points. The first and foremost one is you have to have faith and trust in God. And it's easy to lose faith, I would say, when we're going through tough times. Not that you lose it, but it's a struggle to really be living in faith. How about that? That we can be, um, our eyes can be focused on our situation, but we need to put our eyes back on Jesus because it's through him. It's in him we live and move and have our being. So we need to put our eyes back on Jesus and remember what he's done for us. And I've talked a lot about salvation, so you can um, listen to those episodes as well, because salvation includes healing, deliverance, um, safety, Uh, provision, wholeness, soundness of mind, all of those things. So we need to remember that all through it all, God is working all things together for our good. Even if it doesn't seem like it, it all is working for you when you trust God and you know that you love him and you're called according to his purpose and he will turn it for good. We don't know when or how, so we cannot put an expectation in the result. Our expectation is in God alone, not in the outcome. And that's very important. We need to trust that God has a plan for our lives, even when we can't see it, and even when things don't look like it's going that way for us. Faith is a decision to trust God in his promises, even when circumstances tell us otherwise. We've got to speak forth his truth and act upon the steps that he leads us. Jesus said, follow him. He didn't say understand him or how he would have you do things, but he said, follow him. 
And believing is the foundation of our faith. And we have to have faith that God is who he says he is and that we can and that he can do what he promises to do and that we are who he says he, we are. We're his child, his son, his daughter. And we are a child of the most high God. And so believing is not just a mental exercise or memorizing scriptures. It's a heart posture that trusts God that his goodness, his faithfulness, his kindness and love are for us. And I have a lot of episodes where I talk about this because we've got to know God's love for us. Not that God just loves everybody. No, that God loves you personally, that Jesus died just for you. And when we believe it, we surrender our fears and doubts and worries to God, knowing that he will work all things together for our good and that he is with us and his resurrection power lives in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Believing is a daily choice to trust God's promises, declare them, especially when we don't see them. And I always just say, thank you, Lord, your word is working in my life right now. Your word is working in my body, in my relationships. I speak to that mountain and command it to move all obstacles to be removed in the name of Jesus Christ, because he's given us his power, his authority, his word, his name, his Holy Spirit. And a key point that I want to bring out, um, I mentioned where I was 17 years ago, is there's a scripture in John 12, 24. It says, truly, truly, and this is Jesus talking, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. We have, in order to have resurrection power, something has to die. You can't have resurrection power if something isn't dead. And unless a seed dies, it can't bring forth fruit or its full potential. And in this process of my relationship with my husband, when we were separated and um, looking like we were getting divorced, I put this into practice. I died to myself, meaning I surrendered trying to fix my marriage, trying to fix my husband even trying to fix me. I, I gave God permission to change me, but it's through his love, receiving his love and truth and my identity in Christ of who he says I am and not living under the, the law of sin and death anymore, that condemnation and shame. Shame hides in darkness. And I was a prisoner of that for so many years. And once I let Jesus heal my broken heart, let him in. I put all my altars or, or my idols on the altar, my marriage, my husband, my kids, everything, myself. Put that on the altar. And I said, Lord, my life is not my own. I have been bought with a price. It is yours. Do as it as you will. I will follow you. And that's when the beautiful transformation started to happen. So when I said it was a suddenly, it wasn't also a suddenly or so much a suddenly as it was been a progression that again all God, God was working all those things to work on our behalf and I kept looking to Jesus's obedience and death on the cross and his resurrection to obtain the freedom and the new life in the Holy Spirit that he had for me 
you know, his cross frees us from the tyranny of sin and death and shows us the way of perfect love. And that's a great paradox there because death leads to life and that seed has to die. And when we die to ourselves, then we can rise in the new life in Christ. And that's what I started to do. And my husband started to see those changes and his heart started to get softened to, wow, there could be something different. I was a different person. Now we had a lot of heart work to still do. And I still, it's not like it was transformation overnight, but it was supernatural. Within just several months, I took my eyes off of my husband I took my eyes off of trying to fix the marriage and trying to save the marriage. And I said, Lord, I don't want this. This marriage is dead. You've got to give us a new marriage. And it's got to be in your way, your truth, and your life. And he did. And I'll share a little bit more about what happened uh, to, to be a turning point for us. But I have a question for you. What are you holding on to that needs to be released to the power of God? That needs to be surrendered. And when I say the word surrender, that's kind of a difficult word for some people based upon their perception, past experiences. But I will say it has to be an authentic choice of your free will from your heart, not just from your head saying, I surrender all. We sing the song. No, it is my life is not my own. I have been bought with a price. Jesus, you are my Lord. I am not. I give you permission to lead me, and I will follow you. So that's the first point. The second point is pray and seek God's face. Prayer is a powerful tool that enables us to connect with the Lord and experience his presence. And while we pray, we invite the Lord to work in our lives and listen to his voice speaking to us. And it's not just a one-time thing or something we do every morning and check off the list. It's a continuous conversation with the Lord that helps us deepen our relationship with him. And when we pray, we express our deepest thoughts and emotions to God. And then we listen to his voice speaking to us. And this is a turning point that it was supernatural because when I tell you this story, it's, you're going to go, what? That that made the difference in turning your marriage around? This is what happened. So one morning, exactly, like I said, exactly 17 years ago, um, I went out for a morning walk, and my husband had been staying in our house. We were doing some renovations on our house because, like I said, we were going to be getting divorced, so we were getting the house ready to sell. And so we were doing some projects together, and he was sleeping in the guest room, and I went out for a walk, and I heard the Lord just say to me, go back, put on coffee, go lay next to your husband and invite him to come out and look at the stars. Cause it was like five 30 in the morning. So it was early. And at first I rebuked it. I'm like, get behind me, Satan. That is <laughs> the last thing that I would want to do. Friends, I heard it two more times. So by the third time he said the same thing, go back, make coffee, Go lay down next to your husband, invite him to come out and look at the stars with you. So I nervously did because my flesh did not want to do that. However, I had already died to myself, right? And I was following 
Holy Spirit as best as I could. I was walking in the light that I had, so to speak. So I did very that very th- same thing. So I went back, put coffee on, laid down next to him on the bed, woke him up, and I said, the Lord asked me to come out, to have you come out, invite you out to listen or to look at the stars. And he did. Something happened that morning. His heart opened up. His eyes, spiritual eyes, opened up. And within a week, we dissolved the divorce proceedings, and we started the reconciliation process. Now, I can't explain that to you in the natural, what happened. All I will say is I was praying and seeking God's face, not seeking his hand, not seeking what he would do for me in the prayer, or if I do this, then you'll do this. No, it's relational. I was following what the Lord said to me the best way I could, and he did his super on our natural. So seeking God's face means pursuing him in his presence above all else. It's a deliberate decision to make God the center of our lives and prioritize our relationship with him. And it requires us to be intentional about our time with him, whether it's reading his word, worship, or just sitting in silence and listening to his voice. Or in this example, I was just going for a walk. And that's when I hear God a lot. I hear him a lot in the shower. I know there's some other people. If, if you're one of those people that you hear God in the shower, shout out to you because uh, I hear him a lot when I'm taking a shower. Or walking. Movement really helps. But we believe and trust that He, we are acknowledging him that he is our source of all wisdom, guidance, strength, and his goodness and faithfulness and love will never fail us. So we seek him first and deepen our relationship with him, and we will experience his resurrection power in the midst of our despair. I am living proof, and it wasn't just a one-time thing. This is a continual relational uh, relationship that we have. All right, so point number three, surround yourself with a supportive community of believers. This is so important. We were not created to live in isolation, and we need the love and encouragement and support of others to help us through our difficult times. We should seek out mentors and friends, church communities, trustworthy people that we know will support us and not judge us. We need to have that encouragement. They need to be safe people. And there might be only one or two or three people that you feel like you can really bear your soul to and feel loved and accepted by them. Again, not judged by them, not having scriptures thrown at you and say, well, you shouldn't say that, or that's a bad confession. Don't say that. No, you need to be real and raw, just like in the Psalms, David especially, was very open and honest in process. We have to process our emotions in order to really express what we are feeling to get it out and have that trusted friend know that we are there, that they are there for us to support us and encourage us. That community is going to help us stay grounded in our faith and remind us that we're not alone in our struggles and we're not crazy There are other people, a lot of times the enemy wants to isolate us and say, oh, you're the only one to feel like we're so alone. That is despair. And that is the trick of the enemy. We're created for a relationship and we're healed 
in relationship, especially if you were betrayed in a relationship, you are going to be healed through relationship. That's just how God wired us. And if you need help with this, if you are struggling, I offer coaching opportunities for people to help them get unstuck, to know that they're not alone, that they're not crazy, to help them process those strong emotions, to drill down and look at what negative story are you telling yourself that you're ruminating in and you're cycling and see what does my heart really need to thrive, to feel connected and loved and to belong and to have security and safety. So friends, reach out to me, email me at Lori at LoriKSnyder.com if you want to learn more about um, how I coach your heart and help you grow closer to the Lord and discover what your heart needs to thrive. I'm here for you. All right. So in conclusion, rising from the ashes of our despair and experiencing God's resurrection power is possible. We can believe and trust God and pray and seek his face, and then surround ourselves with a supportive community of believers. God is with us. He is Emmanuel. His resurrection power is available to us in all circumstances. We just celebrated Easter Sunday, which I like to call Resurrection Sunday, where nothing is impossible with God for those who believe. I just want to thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. I hope you found these keys and my story helpful and encouraging to you. If you did, would you share this with a friend or a loved one? Because I want to help as many people as possible know God's true nature, know who they are in Christ and what's been made available to them through Jesus's death and resurrection. So I would appreciate that friend. And so... As always, until next time, you were created to thrive. God bless.